so who's heard of Usain Bolt? Okay, good, you haven't been living under a rock. So he's the guy, he was the Usain Bolt of the 1920s, a fantastic runner. And it, when I was growing up, I wanted to be fast as well. Oh, that's, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to run really fast. But he was also a man who made good choices, Eric Little. In the 1924 Olympics, the, what we've just sort of watched there, he, he was the favourite to win the 100 metres. And, uh, but because of his commitment to Jesus, well, he didn't run them. He didn't run it. You see, the heats were to be run on a Sunday. And a Sunday was, well, the Sunday was a day for church. And he was a committed Christian guy. In fact, he decided if he ran the heats, it would make him look wishy-washy about following Jesus. It would make Christians look wishy-washy about doing church. And so he said he wasn't going to run. And he got a lot of criticism from that. And this is something that we don't really understand these days. But he, he was accused of putting uh, God before king and country. Now, we might snigger at that and say, <laughs> yeah, who cares? But they did back then. And they accused him of letting his country down. His home country was Scotland, but he, he ran for the UK. That was really strong opposition. People didn't like him for that. People said nasty things to him because of that. But he was an amazing guy. Well, he didn't run the 100, but he ran the 400. He swapped places with competitors. And in the end, what happened is that he won the 400 metres and won gold. It was an amazing, amazing achievement. Even just watching that clip there, I get sort of chills up and down my spine. It was my favourite movie growing up. I want to go and watch it now. Anyway, he ended up leaving the sport. You know what he did? He actually left athletics and he became a missionary in China and he told the gospel to thousands of people in China. An amazing man. Now, I may not be able to run fast anymore, but I can tell you, I still want to be like him. I do. Well, today in Psalm 1, we meet another man. Another man who's a good man, like Eric Little, but a man that Eric Little wanted to be like. You hear that? So Psalm 1, we meet a man that Eric Little wanted to be like. We don't know the name of this man in Psalm 1. In fact, what you could do today, as you're listening over the next few minutes, you could put the clues together and see if you can work out who this man might be that Psalm 1 is referring to. The first thing we'll learn about this man in Psalm 1 is that he's blessed. Blessed is this man. In the Bible, blessing means approval of God. This man has God's approval. God's people, as they read this psalm, ought to want what this man has. So this is what God's people should want to be like. He's a man who makes all the right choices. Look at verse 1. He does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. So the people who influence him are not those who are against God. He doesn't follow such people. He doesn't take their advice. He doesn't do what they do. He doesn't get involved with people who make bad choices. Now, did you notice something? There's a, there's a progression. You notice the walking, and then there's the standing, and then he sits down. Do you notice that in the words there? 
Walking, standing, and sitting down. There's a progression in it. He's getting more... This, per, this, this person that, that the blessed man doesn't want to be like gets more and more involved. That's what it's like when we start to follow or get sucked into the ways of the world rather than God's ways. We get a little taste. Oh, gee, it tastes good as we're walking along. We get a bit more involved. We make, a little, we make some compromises. And then we, we, we stop, we stand, we're standing. And finally, when we, when we sit, well, when we sit, that means you agree. You're in. You're, you're with them. It's a progression. It doesn't happen overnight when we compromise Jesus. It just slowly but surely is a progression. So this blessed man, what, what does this blessed man do then to make sure he's not like that? Look at verse 2. He delights in God's word. He thinks about it. He meditates on it. That's what meditating means. It doesn't mean some funny position and doing weird stuff. Well, it doesn't mean that at all. It just means he thinks about it and he prays about it. He treats it really seriously. It's God's word. Because by it, God actually guides him. And God helps him to make the right choices in life. That's what God's word does. See, knowing God's word and obeying it and living it out delighting in it will mean also that we too will make the right choices. Do you hear that? And the Bible calls that wisdom. If you want to be wise, I reckon most of us want to be wise, don't you think? Oh, I do. I want to be wise. If we want to be wise, yeah, then the Bible says, read the Bible. Uh, know God's word. Delight in it. Because by it we'll, be, we'll see things clearly. We'll head in the right direction. Later on, in about 118 Psalms later, um, you can read them when you get home, uh, Psalm 119 says, God's word is a lamp unto my feet and a light for my path. We read it in church a couple of weeks ago. So the other day, I, just the other day, here it is, here's my little prop. I bought this fantastic torch. Now it's a bit big, I admit that. Apparently it can float, I haven't tried it yet, and apparently it's waterproof. We might hit the lights for a minute. Can we hit the lights? Here we go. Thanks, Caleb. One more. Let's go in darkness. And one more. There we go. Now, I could do this. This is very cool. That's a bit scary and a bit weird. But, see, in the dark, in the dark, with this torch here, God's word is like this. It lights my way. It stops me from stumbling. I can see the edge there and I, I stay safe. Isn't that good? And that's what God's word does. It helps me. It lights the way. It helps me to make the right choices. It keeps me safe. It keeps me heading in the right direction. It helps me to see things clearly. Isn't that good? That's what God's Word does for us. It's a great gift from God. Thank you, guys. I've turned my torch off. You can have a play of this later if you want to. It's wonderful. Let's see what happens when we do this. Let's see what happens. What's the result of this blessed man knowing... And loving God's word. Well, it's the next part of the little passage there in Psalm 1. What's the result of this blessed man knowing and loving God's word, not getting influenced by people who make bad choices, being strong? Well, let's have a look. It says, He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Well, you know the tallest trees in the world? Actually, let's just have a quiz for a minute. 
Who knows what the tallest trees in the world are? What are they called? Yes, young Rod. Tasmanian oak. Well, um, Google thinks otherwise. Uh, <laughs> I heard that the tallest trees in the world are the um, Northern Californian coastal redwoods. There you go. That's what I heard. Anyone, anyone want to go with me on that one? Caroline's with me. Sonos, Matt's with me. Thank you. That's good enough for me. Let's go with that. Um, so these, these Northern Californian redwoods, they grow to over 100 metres in height and over 6 metres in, in width at their base. They are just enormous. That means they are taller. Let's have a look at a picture of them. They are taller than Big Ben. That's 95 metres. Think about that for a minute. You've seen pictures there. You might have been lucky enough to go and see it. They are... Now, I don't know if you can see that picture. That's some people right at the top of the Sydney Harbour Bridge. If you are doing dog paddle in Sydney Harbour, directly under the Sydney Harbour Bridge, and you're pushing off sharks and, you're, and, and the ferry hasn't run over you yet, and you look up and see the top of the Sydney Harbour Bridge, well, these trees are just a bit shorter than that. They are enormous. Just enormous trees. They are huge and strong and they are very well fed. Now, one of the tallest trees is a tree called Hyperion. I don't know if it's a nickname they gave. That's just what it said when I was reading. Anyway, this tree is 115 metres tall and 6 metres in, uh, in its diameter at its base, at its trunk. So, okay, Neve, I want you to do something for me. I want you to stand here. On that dot there? Stand there? Neve's on one side of this base and I'm on the other. That's just the way across. Isn't that amazing? That is huge. Thank you, Neve. You've done a great job. Well done. <laughs> That's how big they are. They're enormous trees. You know, when they first measured it, it's an interesting little story, they, they got all these engineers together and they used the latest technology and they, they used these lasers and so on, the sort of instruments they would use to measure a building or to build a building, even a road. It didn't work though. They, for some reason they couldn't use that technology to, to, to measure this enormous tree. And so what they did, they drew straws, you know, who's going to do it? Maybe they played rock, paper, scissors, I don't know. But they sent some guy up there. Now this is not like climbing the Camilla out there. Okay, it's not the same thing, kids. This is 115 metres, all the way up. And when they had to do right at the top, when the guy got, finally got up there, they had to drop a tape measure. Now it's very important they kept hold of the end of the tape measure. <laughs> Otherwise they'd have to do it again. Um, they dropped the tape measure and they measured it to 115 metres. Isn't that amazing? Amazing, amazing uh, technology in the tree itself. Here's what Psalm 1 says. Let, let's go back to it. It says this. It says, oh, we'll go there. There we go. Just like this tree, a tree that I've been talking about, uh, the tree that Psalm 1 talks about, this blessed man, this blessed person is strong and growing and well fed. How are they well fed? Well, they're well fed by God's word. And they even produce fruit, this person. Now, fruit is simply that he makes good choices. He lives the way God wants him to live. In the New Testament, the fruit of the Spirit, the Spirit is what God, God's Spirit is given to us when we become a follower of Jesus. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and kindness and faithfulness and self control. Did I miss one? That's not a fruit of the Spirit, but it's a very good thing to have. Um, <laughs> but um, but that, that's the type of person God wants his people to be like. So, well, there's another type of person, though. Another type of person 
spoken of in Psalm 1. In fact, we've already been introduced to this person. If you're sitting with your parents, they might want to point you back to Psalm to verse 1 again. You can see it up there too, right at the top of the screen. These are the wicked. Now, that's a pretty strong word, isn't it? The wicked. But these are people who laugh at God. They don't treat God seriously at all. In fact, they sin and they don't care at all. That's the sort of person we're talking, that God's talking about here. They, they, they totally reject God. They're like chaff that is carried away by the wind. It's the exact opposite of the strong tree we met before. Remember that strong tree? These people are the exact opposite of that, these people. They're not, not good. See, a wheat, if you're a wheat farmer, you, your job, one of your jobs is to separate the wheat from the chaff. And so the chaff is the, the, the dry, crusty husk, you know, on the outside of the, the, the wheat whole thing. I don't know what it's called. But it, it's dry and crusty and it comes apart. And you can do it with your fingers too. You can sort of scrunch it up a bit and then you've, you've separated it. If you were a farmer in those days, uh, what you'd need to do would, was uh, you'd have a whole pile there and you get these huge, big pitchforks, big forks, and you stab it in and you throw, you'd, you'd throw it all up in the air and the wind, what the wind would do, it would do the job for you. It would separate the, the heavier seed of the wheat and that would fall down the ground and the, the dry, husky chaff would get blown away by the wind. It's separated. Now here's something very, very serious is that what the Bible says to us here is that one day, and the Bible calls this judgment, God would separate those who reject him and those who don't. That's what God will do. And those who don't, who say no to God, won't be in the assembly of the righteous. You see that just here, the congregation of the righteous. That's a shorthand way of saying heaven. God will do that. So what this psalm is really doing, it's talking about two ways to live, isn't it? There's two ways of living. We can either go the way of the blessed man, and we're strong, and well fed, and growing by God's word. And we, we, we stay clear of those bad influences and bad choices. And we're, there's the blessed man. Or we can go of the one who rejects God, that, that wicked person, and, and you know the great thing is that this way is just so much better. Just so much better living the way God wants us to live. So much better. Uh, in fact, God even says that he'll watch over the people who live this way. Isn't that a wonderful promise of God? Now, I don't know about you, but I'm a bit like Eric Little, I think. That I want to be like that blessed man. I want to be like him. So who is this blessed man? Did you put some of the clues together? Maybe you're picking some up. Some nods. Some people have been listening very well. That's great. I think it's a bit like playing Celebrity Head. You know that game Celebrity Head? You put a sticker on your forehead and it's the name of a celebrity and you sitting there don't see that and you've got to put the clues together and make some, ask some questions and you get the answer eventually, hopefully. Well, that's what we've sort of been doing really. See, as we, we read... We wonder if the writer is referring to someone in particular. See, I reckon the right, this blessed man is a bit of a celebrity in the Bible. That's what I think. Here's the big clue. You ready for it? You mightn't have picked it up, I don't know. But Psalm 1 
reads like the Old Testament descriptions of God's king, whom God's people would look up to, who would follow, they would follow this king. But the problem is, these kings in the Old Testament of God's people, these Israelite kings, weren't much like this blessed man. They didn't really get it right like this blessed man at all. Except for one king, God's special king. You might have guessed this. Matt, did you get to guess this? Yeah, well done. God's special king, God's own son, King Jesus. This is what King Jesus is like. God's special king. See, he's who God's people ought to want to be like. He made all the right choices. He has the approval of God. And if you're one of God's people, like Eric Little, well, God says, choose life and follow God's king. I'm going to pray for us and I'm going to ask God to help us to follow God's king, Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you, Lord, for Psalm 1. We thank you, Lord, that it tells us about Jesus. Father, we pray that we would understand what it means to follow Jesus uh, in the way we live as Christian people who trust in Jesus. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for this passage. In Jesus' name, amen.